0: Welcome back to another episode. This episode, we are doing an interview with a friend of mine, with a colleague of mine, with a very, very smart woman. Her name is Caitlin V. Neal. She is a sex coach, specifically for men. She works with some women too, but mainly for men. And that's why I have her on the podcast today. Because we're going to be talking about the female experience of sex. And we're going to get into this and you're going to hear why this is important. And why I decided to do this. Honestly, me and Kalen were talking the other day. And uh, we're just talking, catching up on things. And we just naturally, you know, we talk about sex. We get into that conversation. And she starts explaining what it's like for a woman to have sex. I go, stop. This is great material. This is stuff that the guys need to learn. They need to understand this. They need to understand what it's like for a woman. Because, of course, you know what it's like for you. Maybe. Maybe you haven't had it. I don't know. But either way... You should understand what she's getting into, because if you understand how she feels, not just how you feel, you're going to have a better experience. You're going to make a better experience for her, which then in turn will make a better experience for you. You'll connect with her on a deeper level. That's what you're looking for. I'd hope so, because really sex is that much better when you are connected to the person. And so you're going to hear from the insight of Caitlin, not just because she's a female. Of course, we could just get any female on the podcast and she can talk about her experience, but Caitlin understands how this is all working on a more biological level and she knows how to explain it. So that's why I have her on today. So check her out at bettersexcoach.com after you listen to this episode so you can learn more from her. Check that out. And also, if you are at the point where you're still struggling to actually get a girl interested in having sex with you because you have no idea how to attract her, then I want you to check this out real quick. Hey, it's Trip Kramer. How would you like to be the man that women are naturally drawn to? And command the animalistic magnetism that makes women desperately compete to become your lover. It's not enough to attract her, you've got to get her hooked. And That's why I'm inviting you to learn how to create an amazing abundance in your dating life that will make your friends grab you and demand to know what you're doing differently. You'll learn how to turn a female friend into a lover, how to set up a first date that naturally leads to sex. You'll even learn to get your ex-girlfriend or wife back if that's what you want. This program, Hooked, will get you everything you need to enjoy the sex life and dating life you know you deserve. Go to GetHerHooked.com to learn how to get a woman completely addicted to you. 100% money back guaranteed. GetHerHooked.com. So go to GetHerHooked.com if you want to understand how to get girls interested in you. So then you can actually use some of the stuff in this podcast, which will make an amazing sexual experience. All right? Awesome now let's get to it here is my interview with miss caitlin we hey caitlin how you doing
1: hey chip i'm great how are you
0: i'm fantastic i believe we yeah, you know, we absolutely have done podcast episodes before I'd, I'd had you on the podcast but i think the last time you were on this must have been at least Two to three years ago.
1: Yeah, I think it I just was. don't
0: remember the topic.
1: Oh, I'm not you know,
0: asking. I don't think you're going to remember. I don't remember either. either. It's,
1: it's been such a long time.
0: Such a long time. In fact, I'm, I'm shocked that I haven't had you back in a while. If you guys don't already know Caitlin and you don't watch my YouTube channel, well, you should because I have plenty of videos with her. She teaches us how to make a female squirt. <laughs> she teaches us how to last longer in bed. Check out those videos and then you can see Caitlin dispensing her amazing Extensive knowledge on mm. sex. I mean, I mean that's why you're a sex coach and you do what you do. But it's it's mind blowing how much you you know. Maybe you can tell the guys really quickly how long you've been doing this for and how how you got into it and why. I trust you mm. so much to uh, to talk about this topic.
1: Well, I started my journey as just a sex expert in general back when I was like 14 or 15 years old. The first time that I took a sex ed class because i had already been having sex with my boyfriend at that time i was like super curious super horny teenager
0: 14 like, you lost your virginity
1: yeah i think 14 wow. 13 and 9 months or 14 and 9 months i have the date it was september 29th i just had my anniversary
0: i um, love that you remember that
1: yeah oh it was like hugely important to me yeah. i kept notes the first several times we had sex i would like write it in my calendar my my like little planner as a high school girl and I kept tons of notes. So obviously, this is the career that I was meant for. But yeah, I knew even back then that I was going to help people have better sex. I just didn't know exactly how I was going to go about it. So I started many different things. I was a researcher, sexual health study organizer, policy analyst, sexual health educator. I worked with everyone from homeless, queer youth to adult, polyamorous, and kinky folk and everyone in between. And then I left my PhD because I felt really disconnected from the people who I wanted to work with. And I started my coaching business right around the time that you and I initially met. And I discovered over the course of the following years that I had a real knack for working on premature ejaculation. So that's where I ended up. That's my specialty. I didn't choose it. It chose me, but it's my gift. And it's the thing that I love to do most in the world
0: wow that's amazing when you were at losing your Virginia at 14 i was getting thrown into the friend zone at 14. <laughs> so we were having very opposite experiences we were... in our high school years <laughs> um i was not yeah at that point i, would, I had no idea i was me teaching guys how to meet and attract women but that is great you've been doing it for such uh, a long time and and i think uh, as the guy who's listening right now we'll we'll see really how much you know that's why so caitlin we're, we're also friends yeah. And we were mm-hmm. talking before on the phone. We were like, she was giving me some advice on lubricant.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
0: just got off into a whole tangent. We were talking about the, the experience that a female has during sex. And it's interesting because I haven't really thought about that that much. And I think guys don't think about that either, mm-hmm. right? I mean, of course, it's more natural just to think about ourselves and what we're feeling and how we're doing. But like, to really, really put yourself in the, in the situation of what a woman feels like I think that's interesting to know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to know, you know, especially if you're, you know, in a long-term relationship with a female, you know, it'd be good for you to understand, you know, what is she experiencing through your sex life and what's going on with that? I mean, Caitlin, why do you think it's important?
1: Yeah, I think for most guys, they're concerned a lot about female pleasure. They want to know that the woman is having orgasm or is getting off or is at least, you know, experiencing the more pleasurable aspects of sex, but they don't go beyond that, right? Like they think about, okay, like, did she come or not? Did she enjoy it? But they don't think about like what it must actually be like to have sex as a woman. And I think that understanding that, which is such a crucial component of having sex just with another person, like what does it feel like to be in their body, is the key to being a great lover to women. Right. Like you can't provide for someone's needs unless you're able to really get in their head or in this case, like in their body and like feel out what their needs are from a first person perspective.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And so I think that you're going to be able to give us because you're obviously a female. So that helps a lot. Right. I wouldn't want to take, <laughs> take this information from a guy, <laughs> but you're also a sex coach. So I feel like you just have a, an ability to be able to help guys understand what it's like. Thank so you. yeah, that's get a sex coach
1: for, for men, right? Like, especially into translating.
0: Right. That's, do saying. you work with any women at all?
1: I do. About 20% of my clients are women, but they tend to be the partners or girlfriends of the men who come to work with me.
0: Oh, interesting. What is a, a female's biggest pain point when they come to you? What's their mm. issue?
1: Oh, well, if they're a single female, usually it's that they're having trouble reaching orgasm. Maybe in general, but often with a partner. So I work with some women who can only reach orgasm while they're masturbating and using a vibrator. And this isn't like because of the vibrator or anything like that, right? It's just like that they are able to reach orgasm when they're alone. And when they're with a partner, it's really hard. On the other side, when I work with a woman and I'm already working with her boyfriend or husband, often it's that they're just totally on different pages sexually. And My job is to come in and be the sort of translator. So she's saying one thing, he's not really understanding it. I'm able to speak woman to man, right? And then he's got these needs and he is expressing them, you know, with a total lack of grace and empathy. And I'm able to speak man back to woman. Um, So I I do a lot of translating in those scenarios. So that's what I'm here to do today.
0: Got it. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's definitely interesting. You know, it's it's just that you have to do that, right? It's like, this is the whole reason why we're doing this episode is because we have a hard time understanding what's going on in the female brain and what's mm-hmm. happening there, right? So, so yeah, where do we start with this? I mean, where where, where where do we begin?
1: Yeah, I was thinking we could start with just, like, from my perspective and from from a female perspective, what sex even begins to feel like? Like, at the very beginning, right? What is sex like? just physiologically in our bodies, how does it differ between what it feels like to have sex as a man? Right? And I think the most crucial distinction, like the number one, if I had to point to like any major distinction, it's the difference between having something in your body versus putting something in someone else's body. Like at face value, this seems like duh, Caitlin, of course, that is the major difference between him, you know, being female bodied and being male bodied in a sexual encounter. But I really want listeners just to pause and think about this just for a minute. just, just, just like hold that in your mind for a minute longer than you ever have before. And consider what that must be like. Consider the distinction between like entering someone else's body, which is like, okay, I, you know, I I can put my fingers in someone. i actually have put my fingers in men and women's bodies. And it feels nice to be the giver in that situation. You know, for the most part, they're like anywhere that you're putting your fingers is going to be like warm and wet and moist and welcoming and soft and squishy, right? It's kind of like, I don't know, I'm not, not describing anything that you haven't ever experienced. On the other end, though, welcoming someone else's fingers or body parts or penis into your body is really different. It's a lot different than putting something in someone else's, right? So you are accepting a strange object, right? That you're hoping is clean and you're hoping, and by clean, I don't mean just like disease-free. I mean like literally clean, like has been washed recently. You're hoping that they take good care of it. You're hoping that they're going to treat your body with like softness, gentleness, kindness, respect, right? It's a very different experience to be. Even just, you know, imagine imagine the difference between putting your finger in someone else's mouth and having someone put their finger in your mouth. Like, that's... That a, was,
0: yeah, that, I, I was actually kind of thinking that as you're we talking, I was like, where could I imagine, you know, something going inside of me? That's a little bit more natural than maybe something going in my butt, you know? And right. like the first thing is like, well, the, the only opening I have other than that is, is my mouth. So was mm-hmm. like, yeah, and then that's a very good way of putting it. So much different. So like different. Way, you're way more like vulnerable mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, someone is is really taking up your space. Yes. It's yeah. almost you almost kind of feel like a what well, you do. It's a lack of control. If you put your finger in someone else's mouth, there's no worries. You can take it out. You can put it in. You mm-hmm. can do whatever you want. But when it's going inside of yours, you're just like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. You, you might know? want
1: to like examine that finger first. Right. You might want to like have a look at it and go, "Uh, this has been washed recently. If this is the kind of finger I want to have in my mouth. And beyond that, when you want some warning, like I could put my finger in someone's mouth. I don't need a whole lot of prep time. You know, like I don't need to think about it all that much. There's not that much for me to consider. Like, yeah, you want my finger in your mouth? Sure. boop. Right. The other way around, I want some time to get ready mentally and physically to have someone else's fingers in my mouth. Right. And the same is true for women in their bodies, right? If someone's going to enter your vagina, your pussy, you're going to want a little bit of time to get used to and get mentally and physically prepared to have something else in your body, a foreign object inside of your body. I think this is right. the best metaphor for why women take a little bit more time and why the other... Most crucial thing that I would like to educate all men on, on how it feels to have sex as a woman, is that it often feels like we're being rushed. You know, it takes us some time to Mm -hmm. warm up to this idea of something is going to be entering my body. Physically, it takes time. Like, just your body needs to be able to produce the moisture and the vagina does this really cool process called tenting where it actually like becomes longer. The vaginal canal becomes longer as she becomes aroused. There is a sort of like five-step domino process of her body getting ready in order to have sex. And when things are rushed, it's like someone running up to you and like sticking a finger in your mouth, right? You didn't have any time to get ready. You didn't have any time to prepare and therefore your you know the the way that your body and your mind are going to react is not going to be as as welcoming and cared and like prepared as if you had a conversation that morning that was kind of flirtatious and maybe you exchanged some naughty text messages at lunch and then maybe you were you know grabbing her thighs underneath the table at dinner and then you had like a long makeout session when you got home her body's got a lot of time if you do that to prepare for you to be inside of it
0: yeah and i want to kind of go even deeper into this idea of of rushing right where Mm -hmm. i'd say generally speaking a man might be ready a little bit faster Mm -hmm. than a woman right i mean he can just like like you're saying like okay ready good ready to put it in Mm -hmm. you know or woman's like wait a minute hold on because also it takes a little bit of time For her to warm up. So it's a mental thing, it's a physical thing, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. You know, for a man, let's say in this example, he's not having any kind of erectile dysfunction or performance anxiety. So if that's not happening and he's just kind of ready to go, you know, he's just ready to go and it happens fairly fast. Mm -hmm. But for a woman, it takes more time. So I wanna ask you this, just maybe for tips for some of these guys, you know, understanding now that it takes a woman. A little bit of time to get turned on to prepare her body physically, like you're saying, and also mentally for this foreign object to come inside of her. You know, when is there a good like amount of time? Like, how do you know? Like, is there a certain amount of foreplay you should do? Mm. Uh, Should you never have sex that quickly? Meaning, like, when you guys are ready to do it, just you can't just go for it. You know, what are the rules here?
1: Yeah, I think that there's no. There's always going to be an exception to the rule, right? Because there's going to be the cookie that you like really dive right in, and she was all the way ready already, and it went really, uh, it was like really hot and sexy in the back of the car in the parking lot, or what you know, whatever. But as a general rule, just like you're having sex at home without having a a bounded time, so you've got like enough time to actually enjoy your sexual encounter. Twenty minutes is. If you if you want to talk about clock time, twenty minutes is a good amount of time for a woman to be like fully ready to go, ready to be penetrated. And I mean twenty minutes from like the idea that sex is going to happen to through kissing, touching, foreplay, oral sex, manual sex, of fingering. Like twenty minutes is a reasonable amount of time. But that I don't necessarily think that watching the clock and using that is the best indicator. I think the very best indicator is a woman pulling you towards her, like wanting you to be inside of her. So she'll do little things like she'll cock her hips this way, or she'll kind of like shimmy up to you, or she'll kind of put herself in a position, or she'll actually like grab you and start to angle you towards her, right? All of those things are great indicators that she's ready for you to be inside of her, for you to penetrate her.
0: Now, if this is all happening. And because, because you say the beginning of the initiation of sex, isn't that usually kissing? Like when would that actually be?
1: Well, for, for women, foreplay starts the last time that you had sex. Like right as soon as you rolled over and you cuddled, like that's when foreplay starts. There's no real distinction, I think, for women's brains the same way that there is for men's brains, right? So for man, you can go about your whole day You might think about sex a lot, but it's not like foreplay. Even if you text a woman, even if you're receiving naughty pictures from her, that doesn't really count for you mentally as foreplay, right? That's just like receiving pictures, right? And then foreplay starts the minute that you're back home from the date and you start making out in the hallway on the way to her apartment. But for women, this process of foreplay really starts, it it, it actually never really truly stops, right? The way that you behave first thing in the morning, the things that you say to her that are suggestive, the way that you message her throughout the day, the way that you establish yourself and and assert, you know, dominance. This is where we're gonna go later. And I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait to see the smile on your face when I surprise you with like where I'm taking you tonight. That's foreplay. That is all sexually relevant to her. Women don't have the same sort of boundaries or compartmentalization skills that men have when it comes to Sex. And I'm speaking really generally here. Of course, not all women are going to have these experiences and not all men will, but this is just like a if you're in a relationship with an average person, these are the kinds of things that you can expect um, in terms of where her boundaries are for what's sexually relevant material and what's sexually irrelevant material. While you're in those early dating phases, everything counts as foreplay. And this is why you've got to be careful about having, you know, demonstrating less mature qualities so you have a total meltdown in traffic because someone cut you off that's a huge turn off that's like the opposite of foreplay or you know remember that foreplay is happening so that's going to actually make her less likely to have sex with you or want to have sex with you later it's going to make it harder for her to get aroused later because she's going to be looking at you going yeah I mean he's gonna like a lot of Uh, uh, things that I, I you know I do want to have sex with him I want to have orgasms with him I want to like make myself available and vulnerable to him but I don't know that I can trust him because obviously he's a little bit unstable and maybe he could even get aggressive towards me maybe this could actually be a dangerous partnership for me you don't understand that little things that you don't think have anything to do with sex and sexual arousal actually have a huge impact on the way that women are seeing you as a sexual being
0: yeah there's a lot obviously that 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 goes into it you know Mm -hmm. and i think you know for for guys who are listening to really understand that that helps you know just understand that this is why foreplay is important this Mm -hmm. is why women think the way they do this is the difference between you know what's going on for a man sexually and for a woman sexually so let's let's dive even deeper so Mm -hmm. i like you said this to me earlier on the phone which is so interesting it's so so obvious, but we just don't think about this. You're like, yeah, part of sex, you know, once you guys start having sex, she's, you know, having this foreign object in her body is this idea of this guy is just pumping away at her. <laughs> yeah. You know, so go into that a little bit. I thought that was funny, but but very true.
1: Yeah. So a lot of guys spend a ton of time and energy getting to the point where they're having sex and then they don't spend as much time and energy on developing the skills of sex. And instead, maybe they're looking at porn or they're just like imagining from what they've seen or what their friends talk about. And they're just like drilling away, just in, out, in, out. Well, okay, just the same way that going back to this uh, finger analogy, just the same way that if someone like put their finger in your mouth consensually and you had some time to warm up to the idea, you probably wouldn't want them to just start like ramming it around in there, right? you'd probably want them to take their time, allow your mouth to kind of like get used to the feeling of having something new inside of it, right? You definitely start with like slower pumping motions, maybe even some circular motions. And cool fact about women's anatomy, the majority of the nerve endings in a woman's vagina are in the first inch of the vaginal canal. And the majority of all of the, the things that give her pleasure and sensation, including the clitoris, which has two legs that dive deeper down. You can go online and search uh, anatomy of the clitoris. You will be absolutely astonished to find out that the clitoris is enormous. It's just mostly underneath the surface. That all is on the outside, right? It's all on the outside of her body, in her vulva. So actually, instead of just like, you know, getting in and then like pumping away, if you enter her, And then work yourself into positions where you can go side to side or around, keeping a lot of pressure on the outside of her body. Instead of like pumping away, it can be way, way, way more pleasurable, especially in like the early parts of sex, right? After you've been having sex for a while, hopefully she's had an orgasm or two, then you can pump away. That's when like deep rhythmic thrusting really feels good. But it doesn't feel good at that Onset. It doesn't feel good early on in sex because again, like your body's just appreciating and understanding that there's something new and different inside of it. And that takes a you know a couple of moments to sort of get used to.
0: And it can be quite jarring too if a guy just goes in and just starts going at it. I mean, again, time and place for that. And that yeah. could absolutely happen. But generally speaking, just kind of like, whoa, 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 slow down there, partner. Like you just got in here. Yeah. Let's explore a little bit. Let's warm up all the different areas because you're going to be entering her all the way, you know, so you're saying just take your time a little bit and also for yourself, like just, there's no rush, right? Just mm-hmm. go in there and discover and it feels <laughs> good and there's no reason to just like go at it right away. I mean, it, I'm I'm just going to imagine a guy would want sex to last a decent amount of time. But right. So there's no rush for you either, right? right? It's like, and now that, you, now that you're hearing Caitlin say this, now you know, oh, she doesn't really... Need that either right away? It's right. like work up to it. Take your time and have it be more of a journey,
1: right? And and enjoy yourself in the process too, right? Like you're saying, there should be a lot of enjoyment that you can take instead of focusing entirely on her pleasure. Like you can enjoy going slow, and you can enjoy you know your experience with her without being so focused on that. Okay, she needs me to pump really hard and fast in order to get her to orgasm as quickly as possible before I reach orgasm. like Nobody wins in that scenario.
0: Right, right. Okay, cool. So tell us more. What else do you think guys should know in terms of the female experience of sex?
1: Mm. So I think going back to taking perspective, like just at putting yourself in her shoes, thinking about what you would want. Maybe, maybe if she was a woman that you cared about, right? Maybe she's like a, fr- a female friend of yours. How would you want a guy to treat her during sex? Does that make sense? Like putting yourself in the perspective of a woman and how you would like to be treated, right? You'd want him to be dominant. You'd want him to, you know, demonstrate his physical strength, but you'd also want him to check in with her, make sure that things felt good, that the things that you were doing to her were in the right vein. You'd also want him to check in and be like, do you want it rougher, right? So no matter what it is, there's no like wrong way to have sex, right? The only wrong way to have sex is if the other person didn't want it, isn't into it and isn't getting enjoyment out of it. One other thing that a lot of guys I've noticed tend to do is they hide their head in one way or another. Like they don't make eye contact or like they're on top, but they kind of keep their head down or like tuck their head into her neck. And they're not in there so that they can kiss or lick or make out really. They're just like pumping away and you can't see their face. And it could just be any guy up there, right? Like those things that let her know that it's you and that you're connected with her, those are the things that feel really good. Like she wants to know, she's having sex with you, right? She's not having sex with just any guy. And so letting her know that it is you so that she can see your face so that she can look into your eyes so that she can feel connected with you lets her know that you're there and you're with her, right? Does that all make sense? Like women are so much more concerned about men than men ever realize. And they're so much more interested in having sex with you. I mean, if they're already there, they're underneath you, like obviously they chose you to be having sex with. So they want that individual connection and attention and they want it from you. So don't hide in any capacity, whether that's emotional hiding or physical hiding. Be available to her. Look her in the eyes. Be emotionally available. Be like really present with her. And also, side note, appreciate that women are really vulnerable to slut shaming, even while they're having sex, right? Women are super vulnerable. They need... Like, because uh, because other so women... So you don't
0: want to call her a slut during sex? Well, I mean, Atlanta, she's like,
1: she's into it, <laughs> right? Some of us like that. Let's
0: <laughs> well, not confuse. Um, Let's not confuse people. That's
1: no, I no, do. don't, I know, right. Unless she's different. Yeah, right. Don't do anything that's too out there, like calling her a slut or, or worse, right? Until you know that she's into it. But appreciate that sometimes when you feel like you're getting mixed signals from a woman, right? When she seems like she's really into you and then she pulls back a little bit and then she really wants you and she's like getting really sexually frisky with you, but then she pulls back a little bit. What she's doing is she's, in some instances, testing you to see if you're going to slut shame her, right? Women are so used to men wanting us to have sex with them, but then shaming us for having sex with them, right? Or treating us poorly for having sex with them that we are very adept at putting our toes in the water and then pulling them out. Is this going to hurt me? Is this going to hurt my reputation? Is he going to run and tell all his boys? Is he going to run and tell my entire sorority? Is he going to tell all my friends? Are people going to find out that I had sex with him, right? And, and in that process, women are, are really vulnerable, right? And the more that you can do to let her know that A, you don't judge her for having sex with you, which I know seems obvious, but it's not, you cannot go far enough out of your way really to let her know that you want her and that you are not going to ever judge her for anything that happens in between the two of you, right? And this leads me to one of the other points that I really, really, really wanted to make. I really want people to appreciate is that women want to have sex I think a lot of men don't really completely get this. They see sex as something that women give to men or that men have to like trick women out of. It's like women are sitting on a pot of gold and you've got to like charm the leprechaun to get the gold out. Like women want to have sex. Women, sex feels good for us. We enjoy it. There's all kinds of nice, we're the multi-orgasmic sex. You know, and I'm not just saying this as the girl who took notes on her virginity and all the first time she had sex. I'm not like, I'm speaking for women here. The grand majority of women enjoy having sex. They enjoy having sex with someone who cares about their pleasure, cares about their experience, supports them as like a whole human who has needs, who has dreams, who has ambitions, who has intelligence, who has things that they've worked hard for and that they're proud of. Right? We we enjoy sex. Like, we want to have sex with you. We just want to have sex with you, especially if you're empathetic towards what it feels like for us to have sex with you.
0: Which is mainly one of the reasons why we're doing this episode, right? So, so guys can, can really understand that.
1: Yeah. Take perspective, you know? Like, really... I hope that through this entire episode, what we give men is a window or permission to think about what it's like to be in a woman's shoes. You know, men don't, we don't really have to do that, right? For the most part, like you're not really challenged to think about what it must be like to be a woman all that often. Maybe it's a passing thought, but it's not something that culturally or societally is really enforced on us. And I think women have to do it a little bit more with men just because we have to get along with men, right? For our own safety and our own well-being. Like if you're a woman and you don't, bother to figure out kind of a little bit what life is like as a man, you could actually be in danger. Right. So how do you mean? Like, think about it like this. The major cause of death for women, like for young women is men. Right. The major cause of permanent bodily injury and harm is men. We're more in danger for having a male partner. And I don't mean strange men who like come up to you on the street, although there's certainly a lot of risk associated with them. I'm talking about like your husbands, your brothers, your fathers, your boyfriends. These are the people who are the most dangerous. These are the guys who are most likely to, these are the, the, the thing in the world that is most likely to end your life or cause permanent physical harm. And I'm not just talking about like, because they're aggressive or violent like this is true even on a sexual level because women are way more likely to get an std from having sex with a man who's infected than a man is likely to contract an std from a woman who's infected like up and down men are the highest and the most dangerous risk that women face and because of this most of us have become pretty well adopted we've become pretty well adept at like appreciating when men are dangerous. So take, for example, a woman who says that she's got a boyfriend when you ask her out or something, right? The reason that she says that is because she wants to let you save face. If she were to say something like, as if I'd ever go out with you, well, you might not be the guy who gets violent. But guess what? She's met plenty of guys who have gotten violent, who have turned against her in that moment. That's why women are so careful to like let men down lightly. And so men, you might go like, well, why doesn't she just, you know, tell me no, I wish she would just reject me. It's because men who weren't you put her in danger, real physical danger after she rejected them. And that's why she lets you down really softly because she doesn't know you. and She doesn't know if you're going to be one of those guys who flies off the deep end and, you know, smashes a bottle on the bar, holds a knife up against her throat. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. Those are real examples of, of things that have happened to people who I know after they rejected a man and to myself as well. So when you put this in this perspective and remember, okay, this is, um, um, so again, perspective taking, empathizing with a woman. I'm five five, 120 pounds, okay? Most men, the average American male where we live in America is bigger than me. The average man in Chicago is probably a lot bigger than me, right? My, my own partner, my husband is like really strong. Like he could kill me. He could literally, I live every day surrounded by people who, if one of them was like really unstable and emotionally unwell, they could actually end my life. I go to sleep and wake up every single day with someone who, and God, I married him. I love him. He would never kill me. I don't think so anyway. But I wake up every I'll make sure morning. he doesn't. Don't worry. Thank you. I wake up every morning next to someone who like, if they chose to, could probably just like reach over and end my life. And I know that this feels like a big exaggeration, but men, you cannot begin to imagine what just the embodied like experience of being a woman in the world is. We go on public transit, we sit next to you in class, we are at the cubicle across from you, we like pass you in the hallways or pass you in the street, and you are bigger and you are more powerful than we are. and. It probably doesn't enter your mind what that must be like. But imagine if you were, I think this is a really great example. Imagine if the world was surrounded by like really horny gay dudes that were a lot bigger than you, right? If everywhere you went, there was like one really big, really horny dude just like licking his lips and looking you up and down, it would it would probably impact your your life. It would impact your behaviors, the decisions that you made, whether you decided to like walk around late at night right whether you decided to go running through the park after dark if you knew that there were just like a potentially bunch of thirsty horny gay dudes in that park who were bigger and stronger than you were and this is a, this is a pretty extreme example but i hope that it invites listeners to take on the perspective like the next time that you see a girl who you think is really attractive at a coffee shop or in class i want you to just put yourself in her shoes really for a minute think about if other guys have maybe hit on her today. Think about if she is if she's dating someone or she's not dating someone, like what that experience might be like for her. Think about what it's like just to have three guys around her who are way bigger and stronger than she is, like how that must feel for her in her body. And let that be a guide for you when you approach her, right? This should know in no way am I meaning to suggest that you shouldn't approach her. I'm saying that if you think about what it's like to be her, when you go to approach her, you're going to have a leg up on all those muscle heads who just threw a cheap line at her, right? Because you've taken a minute to just think about what it's like to be in her skin and then you approach from there. And that's going to get you really the results, the sex, the women, the girlfriends and the wives that ultimately you're seeking.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I agree with you 100% on all that. I don't think men understand that women do have a lot of I mean, this is something that I recently learned. And when I say recently, I mean in the past maybe five years of all the safety issues that women go through, you know. And so they're in a total different mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was talking to um, a girlfriend of mine recently and how we were talking about the differences where I'll just walk outside at any hour of the night and not think twice about it. You know, yeah, I'm a little bit on guard a little bit, you know, because maybe it's late and whatever. But I'm like... I'm like, I'm fairly certain I'm going to be okay. And so it doesn't really cross my mind. But a woman, it's not, that's not it at all. Like, if she had the choice, she wouldn't want to leave at night, leave her home for any reason. You know, I mean, I'm talking about like walking outside and having to walk to a store or something like that. You know, so just understanding that really helps you empathize with what's going on here. And then even back to this whole idea of, you know, it goes deeper for a woman. Like, this is all connected. This is why it's like, okay, she has to put a lot of trust in a guy mm-hmm. to feel turned on, to mm-hmm. have him enter her and be completely vulnerable. So, there's just like all these layers going on the mm-hmm. self consciousness, all the slut shaming, the, the safety issues, the foreign objects entering her, mm-hmm. the fact that probably most guys aren't good in bed you know i mean i just think most people aren't good bed. not just i'm just not blaming men i think women too it's mm-hmm. like we don't learn sex we watch porn and and we and a little bit of it, of it is primal i guess because we just kind of sort of know what to do it's in our biology but mm-hmm. you know it's just all this combined this is a large experience for one for you as a guy you're just like oh boobs face <laughs> butt skin penis getting hard i want to put it in her you know, it's like a little bit more, a little bit more cavemen, again, generally speaking. But I think all that stuff is really good to know, Caitlin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative of you inviting me to come and talk about this because I want all the men and women out there to have really great sex. And beyond that, to have really great love and relationships and lifetime marriages and partners and kids and all the other things that they want. But you know, my, my goal in this is for everyone to get laid exactly the way that they want to. And that goes for men as well as women.
0: I love that. On that note, there are probably mistakes that you're making in the bedroom. So uh, I want you, the listener, to go to my website. I'm going to put a link in the episode notes. TripAdvice.com slash bedroom dash mistakes dash men dash make. Mistakes men make. Caitlin wrote a insanely epic and thorough blog post on. I mean, it's on my blog, but I don't even call it a blog post. It's a guide. <laughs> it is a guide to everything sex and how to be an amazing lover. It's free. It's on my website. Go check it out. Again, Caitlin wrote this thing, and uh, and it's amazing. And also, oh, Caitlin, maybe tell the guys a little bit about your services. So if they're interested in becoming a better lover or they have any issues in the bedroom and they want to take it even further than reading the guide or the blog post, that they can work with you. So where where can they reach out? And what do you help with?
1: Yeah, I work with men on real... I mean, at the core, I work with men on confidence, right? And ending premature ejaculation, preventing erectile dysfunction, and becoming amazing lovers in bed. And you can find me at bettersexcoach.com. And if you fill out my contact form there and you put uh, trip advice in, you say like how I heard about you is TripAdvice, uh, I will give you a free hour of my time. We'll do a consultation and I will dive deep with any of your listeners to help them figure out what's going on and what's preventing them from having the best sex life possible.
0: Whoa. Okay. I actually did, for real, did not know you're going to offer that. That's an amazing offer. Guys, take her up on that. She's amazing. There's a reason why I continue. She's probably the most featured guest on across the platforms on 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 all TripAdvice uh, content. Aww, so so check her out. You should be. Well, you're amazing at what you do, and and you explain things so well. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for thank being you. here, guys. Check her out. Check out the blog post, and I'm sure sometime in the future we'll have you back again.
1: <laughs> I look forward to it.